Yeah. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Common Sense Podcast, episode number twenty-eight. Getting close to the dirty 30. Dirty 30, oh my God. <laughs> oh man, my birthday just passed and my mom, she made sure that she, you know, really, you know, drilled into my head that I am now over the hump and I am, you know, getting close to that big 3-0. Every time I told her, she's like, yeah, my brother's coming up. She said, ooh, you're getting old. That's what I texted you. 26 is closer to 30. I don't, know why, y'all, I don't know why y'all did that. <laughs> um, but I told my mom, I said, well, if I'm turning 30, girl, what that make you? Yikes. Yikes. Uh, we're back up in this thing, though, for another episode. Also getting close to that golden 50,000 listens. That That's crazy. still blows my mind. What? Oh, my goodness. Um, any good news this week from you? I got an unexpected, basically, week off from work because okay. I got the flu. Take your blessings. Oh, yeah. Um, So, I mean, it's not good news, but, like, the rest was great. Although I started, like, going stir crazy. I appreciate, like, having that time to rest. So, you, I I don't know. I guess it's just how you look at it, right? I've never had the flu. um, Mm. But after having it, I now question if I had it in the past and just handled it myself. Um, which is wild because I went, like, I went to urgent care this year because I just kept seeing people on the news dying from the flu. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, wow. So so I was like, you know, I don't feel well. Maybe I should go to urgent care because this is a fever. And so I went to urgent care and it's, it's real trash because you pay all this money each month for health insurance. And then when you need to use it, like the doctor isn't even available because it's after business hours, right? Or, like, their schedule is booked, so you can't get in for three weeks. So now I have to pay even more money to see someone, like, immediately when I should be able to go to the doctor. That's why I pay health insurance. But, so I go to urgent care, (laughs) and the guy, it's a mess. The guy's, like, looking at me crazy because I tell him I had a fever, and he's like, well, have you taken anything? And I'm just like, no, why would I have taken anything? And he's... Period. (laughs) He's just like, uh, you could have taken Tylenol or like ibuprofen. I'm just like, I've just been in bed. I, I don't. Right. I didn't know I was supposed are to do this. Stuff medicine down our throat. No, like I'm gonna wait this out. I'm gonna sweat it out. I'm gonna sleep it out. I'm gonna drink some tea. I'm gonna, you know, do what the ancestors have done. And right. I'm so I, I, I was heated. Drink medicine. I was heated that they were like, you should have been taking something because I, I, I don't like taking all this stuff. And so they did this test. And then they were like, yeah, you have the flu. And I was looking at her like, dang, okay. And so. (laughs) (laughs) Just like that. Just like that. So she comes in, she brings me like 
a cup full of medicine and was like, well, we can't, we can't release you because your heart rate's too high and you have a fever of like 102. And I was, what? I was just like, okay, so like, what do I have to do to get out of here to go home? And so she was like, well, you need to take all this medicine and we need to bring your temperature down. Then we can let you go. And you need to drink more oh, hell water. No. It was like two huge glasses of water and like three three Tylenol pills and like four ibuprofens. And she was like, don't ever do this at home. Like we're doing this because we're here monitoring you like and you haven't taken anything. Um, and you need to get that temperature down before we release you, blah, blah, blah. And so then they prescribed me like Tamiflu and a cough medicine and like some other cough medicine. And I go over and they're like, okay, well, we can send your prescription next door to Walgreens. I was like, okay, that's fine. And so I go over there and the lady's looking at me. She's like, okay, well, can I have your insurance? And I said, well, here's my insurance card. And then she goes, well, you know, your insurance doesn't want to cover the medication. And at this point, I'm just like, uh, really? And so Tamiflu is like $100 um, for like 10 pills, I think. Shit. Yeah. So I had to, and and this was before like payday. It was like the 11th. So, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> this was before payday. It was like the 11th. And so... I'm looking at her like, okay, where is this money coming from? Because like $100 right before payday is not what I had planned for. And then she tells me the price of like the cough syrup, which was like 40 bucks. And then the second cough medicine was like an extra $10. So at this point, like within three hours, I'd spent over $200 for the flu. Mm. And I was pissed. Um, so yeah, I was at like $200 and I had to take off like three days of work, which I had not planned to do. I, I don't think I've ever taken a day off just to be sick, like actually sick. Um, so yeah, long story short, if you have the flu, just, you know, sweat it out or you'll be out $200 in three sick days, but you might also, so I don't know, choose your battles. (laughs) God bless you, sis. <laughs> I'm like almost 100%. Um, not quite, but I'm getting there. I'll be at work, so I don't have to use another day, though. Wow. Good news. <laughs> wow. Oh, I have one more thing. Um, I'm going. So I've been in. It's whatever. I've been in Houston like seven years, and I've never been to the rodeo which is a huge thing down here. Um, But I'm finally going to the rodeo for the first time on someone else's dime. Like we got uh, tickets to take the entire like pre-K through two. And so I will be going to the rodeo with kindergartners for the very first time. And I'm not sure I'll ever go back to the rodeo because I love the state fair of Texas. Um, But I'll finally be able to compare experiences and see why people are like, so, oh my God, rodeo, rodeo. But yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like, kind of excited. Un poquito. That was probably the most, that was the most Texas thing you said on this podcast. Oh, the rodeo? Yeah. Oh. I guess I love the State Fair. I'm just, I'm biased. I'm not, I've not been impressed with what I've seen from the rodeo. Like, you can't even see the rides from the highway, so. Mm. Anyway, what about you? Um, I, I love doing this podcast with you, um. 
mainly because I miss talking to, you know, black Americans. Um, <laughs> and that's like no shade at all. I think, uh, you know, like being abroad and like I'm the only American at my school. So like, yeah. you know, I appreciate this. On top of all my friends who pick up the phone when I'm calling them at five o'clock in the morning, my time, or I'm waking them up nice and early during the evening, my time. Like I appreciate everybody. So thank you for that. Um, I had a phenomenal winter break, midwinter break. So we were both off that week. Um, I spent the week doing a couple things. The first was sleeping all the way in. Yeah. Trying to break this like, trying to break this 5 a.m. wake up call that I have going on. I also uh, did some athletic things, which, you know, for me is like, who are you? Um, But in Qatar, there is uh, National Sports Day. So with National Sports Day, I don't know if everybody has the the day off, but I think most people do. Um, It's a national initiative where everyone in the country is encouraged to do something physical that day. And so all of the hotels um, have events, you know, free Zumba, yoga, um, weightlifting, swimming, like all those, you know, they have tons of free events. There are tons of like healthy brunches and um, healthy lunch affairs and stuff like that. Um, And so I went down to the Ritz-Carlton and I did, Okay, y'all couldn't see my neck, but I, you know, like, but yes. Um, I went down to the Ritz Carlton and I worked out in their facility. And that was the first time when I realized that I actually deserve some nice things. Like, I have been so used to being like, you know, basic Betty. Like, I'm cool with a two bedroom. I'm cool with, like, you know, the best Western and like the Holiday Inn. Like, I'm fine. Like I'm, I'm not somebody that has like, I'm, I'm, I'm bougie, but I'm not like material, bougie in a, in a material sense. Like I'm totally fine with like basic ass black plates. You know what I'm saying? Like in my yeah. house, like, but going to the Ritz and like working out at a gym with a nice view and getting a, a free robe, okay? Um, and, like, house shoes and, you know, like, the facility just screamed, hoo-hoo, you know, like, it, it just was, <laughs> it was really nice. I don't know, but that's what it was giving to me. And um, I was like, I think I deserve some nice things. Like, I wish one day, not saying that I want to stay at the Ritz-Carlton my whole life or every weekend, but, like, I want to be able to afford staying at the Ritz if that's what I want to do. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I think that's something a lot of us, like, encounter. And us, I mean, Black millennials, um, especially, like, still living in the U.S. Like, you may... So for a lot of us, like, we're the first ones in our families to get a degree and then a salaried position, right? And so you go through this almost, like, class shift. And, mm. like, it's really difficult to cope with because, like, I grew up without a lot, right? And so the fact that now I can spend, like, $40 on a brunch, like, I feel like I'm wasting money. But then it's also that thing, like, I deserve to have nice experiences and to, like, 
do things that I want to. But also at the same time, there's like this nagging voice in the back of your head, like this money could be helping X, Y, Z, or this money could be used for X. Yeah. And so that's something like you have to constantly like, not necessarily put behind you or like battle with, but it's something that's like ever present in your mind. Right. And especially living in Qatar and teaching abroad, right? There are people who ask me stuff like this all the time. And, you know, it's no secret that, you know, there's no taxes in in Qatar, right? So your salary is your yeah. salary. Um, and on top of all the benefits and amenities, like I'm saving a large chunk of my monthly salary. Um, and with that, it's like, Yes, I'm saving and paying bills, but I'm also going to go get a massage after work because I can now, right? <laughs> so, or like, yes, I'm going to take this Uber and go do yoga on top of this building. Um, like, like that's like these are things that I now want to do, and now that I can afford to do, now that I'm finally out of money draining DC, um, Man. and like I'm, you feel rich, don't you? Oh my God, I feel like, <laughs> damn, this is how it feels, like. To pay bills and have money yeah. afterwards, right? Um, like, like that means something to me. But also to like live in a country that's actually affordable. Um, the only thing that like is out outrageously expensive is alcohol. Yeah, so I really en- enjoy engaging in those nice things. Um, I also went to an international online job fair. Um, because a brother trying to keep his keep his options open. I, have you ever been to an online no. job fair before? Okay, this was like the weirdest like experience ever. It's basically like um, Black Planet, but teachers. I what? <laughs> what? <laughs> People are gonna be like, basically What's like Black Planet. Let me pause and go get on Google. Do not go Google that. Yeah, you might want to Google. I w- I would encourage you to Google it. Who it are you gonna is listen like to? Black... It's basically like Black Planet. You log in and you see like um maybe like fifteen or twenty different chat rooms, and those chat rooms represent different schools, and so you can click on the school. And then the you know gives you like a profile of the school, what positions they're hiring for. Um, it's also like Black Planet mixed with speed dating because once you get to a school that you like and that's hiring um, for position that you're elig- eligible for, you click join chat, and so then you have to wait you know till it's your turn, depending on how many representatives there are waiting in line. And so once you get in, you only have ten minutes to. Basically, to this person on the other side of the screen, um, and there's a timer in the corner, but it's like it moves really slow to me. So, like, I really feel like I only had like five or six minutes. And so, either they'll have like a normal conversation with you, or they'll have like questions. And then, like, of course, language barriers, like you know, yeah. also play a part, and like the the difficulty and like communicating yourself. What what helps me the best is to like write short phrases and sentences as opposed to like entire paragraphs because you know I can ramble, 
yeah, like it was really, really, really interesting and really, really cool. And if an employer was not really feeling you, like they'll just end oh. the chat and like kick you out of the chat group and, and like and like thank you next you right up out of the room. Not okay? wasting time. Oh, uh, not wasting time at all. Um, I've told folks like I um am still looking for the right school. Um, but so anyway, so this uh this interview uh or this online job fair was like very interesting for me. Um I did get one interview that I wanted. Um the others we just I was either not eligible for a position or it was not in a country that I was interested in living in. I don't want to live in a country that is really, really conservative anymore because, you know, I just don't. Okay. Yeah. So that was really, really, really cool. So I have that interview coming up and that is a little bit closer to home too. Um, And a little bit of a cheaper plane ticket for my mom and other people. Um, So we'll see what happens with with that. Any, literally anything could happen. I could still be in Qatar for a couple more years. So. Uh, we'll see you know how here they offer well not offer but like this time of year they start sending out the emails and like surveys for like intent to return i guess that's what it's called intent to return do you have to do that with your current school so the way that um a, a lot of international contracts go here in doha and i think in the middle east in general is that Every person who's new starts off on a probation period um, between three and six months. And and so the, those contracts are um, at will, basically. Um, so between the first day and the last day, um, either the employer or I can terminate that contract um, at, any, at any shape or form, any time, shape or form. I don't know if I'm saying that right, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? And so um, basically my probation takes me to the end of the school year. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, so that's the only thing that I am uh, thinking about. Um, so no, I don't necessarily have to tell them if I'm staying or coming back because we already have a scheduled meeting in June uh, to discuss like – if I'm a good fit for the school or if the school's a good fit for me, like that conversation comes at the end of the probation period before I sign like the permanent, permanent contract. That's interesting. So you like something I'm glad someone told me my first year was, and it, it came from an old black lady. She was like, she was my partner teacher and I, I probably am set in many of my ways because of her. Um, but mm. she always told me, like, when you get those letters, even if you have no plans to return, like, you mark that you're returning because it's nobody's business until you're not coming back. Which a lot of teachers don't know, I feel like. So, like, I have friends who they've gotten their intent to return, like, surveys or letters. And they actually, and it's going to sound so bad, but they actually want to be honest in, on those letters. And I'm just like... Do you not know that when you write down that you're not returning, that things change? Like, has no one told you this? They will start popping in your room. They will start writing things down. Like, they start asking more questions. Like, you don't write that down. 
you don't say that you're not returning in February. Like that's none of anyone's business. And if you are a new teacher, like first year teacher, maybe you were a career change and you fell into teaching, don't do that. Like you mark that you are returning until you resign at the resignation date. And I feel like it's so sad that we have to know these like little loopholes around things. But I'm also so thankful that I was taught this my first year. So in Texas, you cannot leave mid-year. Like no matter what, not if you found a better school, like closer to your house, like maybe you're commuting an hour and you found one 15 minutes from your house and it's perfect fit. Like you can't leave. You're locked into a contract. You have to stay um, because the principal can report your certification for sanction. I think that's what it's called. And you can, yeah, you you can essentially not be allowed to teach in the state of Texas for a year because of that. But you can sign a contract and then back out of the contract as long as it's 45 days before the first day of school. So what I was taught, and it's because of how districts pay you out and they'll cut your insurance off, which we need, right? What you do is like you say you're returning and you re-sign the contract. And if something comes up better, like over the course of the summer, or you already knew that you were doing something, you sign the contract for the other place. And then 45 days before the first day of school, like, or maybe even 40, 47 to be safe, right? You go and you terminate the other contract so that you get your insurance and that you get your checks. Because what they'll also do is that they will pay your summer payment out in a lump sum and tax it at like 20%, which happened to one of my wow. friends. Yeah, she, she left the district. And had been honest and was like, I'm not returning. And so her principal sent everything to the district. They cut her insurance off the last day of school. Her last payment was like the 1st of June. And she had to make all that lump sum that was taxed at 20%. So she lost 20% of her salary or what was left of her salary. And she had to make that last until the 1st of September of the following school year. And it's right. It's rough. It's like you don't want to be dishonest and lie, but... When it comes to me losing 20% of the money I've already earned and not having health insurance, I'm I'm sorry. I may not be as forthcoming with that information. So if you are in that, like, if you are getting those letters and you're unsure, like, it's okay. Just mark that you're returning and be quiet. It ain't nobody business. <laughs> no one has to know. I think more so I felt um, this whole, like, fear of, you know, like kind of what you first said was administrators and people treating you different in the building because you're you're leaving, right? So you like you drastically leave less support. Yeah. It's like people want to invest yep. less in less less in you because you're not going to be here anymore, right? You get a little bit nervous in regards to recommendations and and people calling, you know, to verify things with your administrator and like people become a lot more harsh and like things like that. Uh, like that has been the most annoying. Um, what's, what's, what's interesting here in this country is that you're not allowed to work for anybody else unless you get a special pass from the government. <laughs> um, so you, you know, I'm here on a visa and somebody's sponsoring my visa. And so I am stuck with this person or this organization until my visa is, how do you say, released or up for like grabs. Oh, okay. <laughs> so 
if I decide to like leave my school um, mid year, then essentially nobody can pick me up. An- another school can't pick me up. Um, and I would basically be de- deported um, because, you know, yeah, nobody's here to sponsor me. Uh, but yeah, I definitely would agree. And like, I definitely feel for principals who might say like, we have to do the hiring. So tell us as soon as possible. Like, I certainly understand that. And like that whole general premise, but when you think about teachers and how severely underpaid we are and how severely undervalued we are, um, it wouldn't be in our best interest to be as completely honest with you. Uh, I mean, right. So, so they say like, like, Oh, you need to put in a two weeks notice, but employers don't give you a two weeks notice when they finna fire you. So I don't know. I, I had a friend who also like, she was fine with her like her job her observations were coming back fine like everything was great right open transfer period opens and I didn't know this happened until like I was very involved with my union my first year and I I just heard all these stories and then hearing it happen to her just blew my mind but she everything was fine she like there was no indicator that there was going to be a growth plan right so open transfer period opens principal slaps a growth plan on her keeps her on that open that growth plan throughout the entire transfer period which if you have if you're on a growth plan and you're trying to transfer in district you can't and so growth plan like so she's on this growth mm. plan and the transfer period closes and the principal takes her off of it and it's just like well thank you like now now I have to compete against everyone else applying in district and outside of district because you wanted to be petty and put me on a growth plan when I could have like easily made that switch. And then, so she stays another year, right? And instead of putting her on a growth plan the second year, she decides not to return any of the calls from like references, which I don't know if it's a Texas thing that you have to list your principal, but like I had to list my principal to get in where I am now. And like her principal just was not returning calls for anyone. And so like several of the teachers had to go to the district HR and complain that she was like basically sabotaging job opportunities because she would not return these calls. And it's just like admin wow. will smile in your face, but be real sneaky about any opportunity that you have like to leave. And so like, I'm th- like, it sucks that you have to do this. Right. But I'm so thankful that my first year I was so willing to listen more than I talk because I, I usually struggle with that. I'm very hard headed, but that I was l- willing to listen to people who'd, like seen these things and heard these things happen so that I knew like what to look out for and what to avoid in the future. I love it when our rambles turn into I feel like I have to let people know because uh, no one tells us this, right? Like you don't learn this in undergrad and you don't, you don't learn it from teachers who are necessarily happy where they are. Like they're not going to tell you the ways to cover your butt when you're trying to leave. So do you... So when people ask about like your previous employers and recommendations and like things like that, like, do you put down your current administrators as people who you tell future employers that they can call and ask questions? I mean, yeah, I don't like how else would I explain a gap? So where like. I also there's also this idea, I don't know if it's a law or not, but they can't ask like specific questions about you it's just like would you rehire this person 
And like knowing that, because I was very afraid my first year because my, my admin was awful. Um, and I was afraid of having to list her on things, even though I'd done my job and like I hadn't gotten in any trouble or anything. But once I talked to the union and they were like, no, she can legally only say like, yes, I would hire her and no, I would not hire her. And knowing that, I guess, gives me a little more comfort that even if I'm not a fan of your policies or your practices or whatever was happening in the situation, like I know that you cannot legally sabotage me from getting another position. Mm. So, I mean, I don't have an issue listing, listing my like current admin on things. Because like everything, like everything's fine. Um, But I was like extremely scared my first year, even though everything was also fine then. This just makes me think, and I, this was the good news I was going to say. I guess we're still in good news. I'm not (laughs) sure. But um, I I recently hired a career coach. Um, Shout out to uh, Black Girls Teach for their, uh, they, they did a live recently and I, you know, was swiping through and I said, oh, this looks interesting. And I ended up following up with one of their career, with with the career coach that they had on. It's a black guy from uh, the Detroit area. So, of course, I automatically, you know, trust him. (laughs) Um, Where was I going with that? So one question that, you know, we brought up and which kind of, you know, like relates to this whole thing is like this idea of like playing the game, Right. So it's just like, what does that mean as it pertains to leaving and finding the right school? Or like, I often struggle with being a a young black teacher with like this idea of staying true to myself and being honest. Um, And then this idea of like being political, right? And and, like making the right moves to like get ahead or like to stay afloat you know, in some cases. Um, But when you think about leaving a school and pursuing future endeavors, like that very much is a political game. And in my experience, as somebody who in the last four years have worked in four different schools and four different school districts and in two countries, and four different school systems, <laughs> leaving has never been something that has been easy. Um, it has always been something that I've had to like think about ahead of time in fear of like in fear of my livelihood, in fear of my professionalism or like my professional endeavors, like it's always been something that I've had to like think about. And I don't know if that is like specific to the, to the teaching profession, specific to our demographic, um, but like that has been something that I've thought about a lot. Um, I don't know if, I don't know, but I'm not good at playing the game at all. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think I would be, but because of who... My mentor teacher was my first year. I think I'm okay at it. And for once, like, I'm glad that I was not hard-headed and that I decided to listen. Um, and I've been able to help out other teachers because I was not hard-headed that first year. Um, because I certainly wanted to be like, no, I'm not coming back. Da-da-da-da. But that's not that's not the way it worked out. And even, like, the district I was in, they have their management heavy and... Even the lady, like, who was supervising our school because, 
like test scores were off or whatever. She had even come to me and was like, can you please resign so we can hire someone? I'm like, no, I'm not resigning. Like, how dare you come to me and ask me to resign so that you can fill this spot? Like, I'm sorry that you, I know you want to hire someone, but I need health insurance. I'm sorry. I'm not going anywhere. And they sent like certified mail all summer. The new principal emailed me and it's just like, they called. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not getting in touch with you. I I don't need your contact info as the new principal. So I don't care how you feel about me. Um, and when I finally resigned, like they left me alone. Like I resigned when I was ready. And that was that. And I did what I needed to do to ensure that like my livelihood was safe. Because at the end of the day, like y'all are not looking out for me. No one's looking out for me but me. So I have to do what I have to do. And if that pisses you off in the process oh i'm sorry maybe if we all had free health care it'd be a little different but we don't so that said that 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 is what it comes down to but if you are in a position like where you're looking to leave your school maybe like call hr and double check how you're going to be paid out and how your insurance is going to be affected before you go ahead and check that little box that you're not coming back because you don't want to be in Fort Root Awakening come June 1st and you're trying to turn up and be by the pool and drink, but you're also trying to manage your money until September 1st. So good luck, guys. And on that note, we will take a quick break. Yeah. What's up, y'all? You know, the reason why we started this podcast is because we want to amplify the voices of teachers in our education system. You can help us to continue doing that by leaving a comment or a five-star rating on our iTunes page. And don't forget to visit our website at www.commonsensepod.com. We'll be right back. Yeah. And we're back again. Uh, Please send us your questions at commonsensepod.com or to our email address, at commonsensepod at gmail.com. I don't think I've ever heard somebody say email address, but I just did say it. What am I grammatically going through? Um, <laughs> funny thing about this episode is that it was not supposed to be a full length. It was supposed to be very <laughs> quick. Um, uh, But y'all know what happens when we get up in the studio. Okay? The Things studio. happen. Uh, um, so we'll just do one question this week and then we'll go into our game. Our question comes from Lindsay and she says, what are your thoughts on uniforms and dress codes? Our school used to have a strict school polo tucked in policy, but recently has allowed students to wear spirit wear. So students have purchased hoodies and t-shirts they can wear instead of a polo. However, Hoods are supposed to be down, but we sell students a hooded sweatshirt, then argue about the hoods with many students throughout the day. We are supposed to assign a detention for being out of school or for being out of uniform, which includes hoods up. To me, it seems as if a student is doing their work with the hood up with their hood up, then what's really the problem? Should it be a confrontation? What do you think? I feel like we've talked about this before. Like, you don't have to be the one that writes them up. Um, I'm not a fan of dress codes just because I remember how much money my mom had to shell out that she didn't have at the beginning of every school year 
to buy those blue pants and those khakis and those polos. Um, even more so, I think recently schools have started doing the the collared shirts with the logos on it, and those just cost even more. Um, and it's just like, where do you get the money for that? And why is it so important that your school logo is on the kid's shirt? Like, while they're in the school <laughs> building, everyone knows they go there. So, and if you're selling the hoodies to the kids, I mean, you are fight. You're you're starting that fight. Like, just let it go. If you don't want them wearing hoods, you don't need to be selling hoodies with the school logo on it because they're gonna wear it in school. Like, the building is cold. I would wear it. So. I don't know. That just sounds like a stupid fight. And obviously there are a lot of respectability politics that are tucked into uniforms and dress code policies. You know, dress codes often remind me of this saying and ideology that you got to wear a suit and a tie if you want to be successful in life, right? Dress for the job you Um, want. Just for the job you want, not the job you have, or like things like that, um, which I just don't think are really relevant. And it just ends up being a, a, a bigger distraction. And another thing that teachers have to do in schools, you know, let's allow kids to dress how it is that they want. When I first uh, got a dress code back in 2002 um, in second grade, you know, the reasoning was, well, we don't want kids being bullied for the clothes that they have and coming to school wearing and competing with name brands and things like that. But I just don't think that that's it, that that's even relevant. Because um, wait, you could still anymore. do that because it was either you Polo, Airpostel, or like something with, um, with a little American, American Eagle. Eagle. Like you had to have a little logo in the corner because that, that was just the thing. So that was even then, a ridiculous argument. But like you said, it, it carries no weight. What's the point? And then people had on, like, Prada shoes. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cole Hans, Converse, Jordans, Adidas, Nikes. You know what I'm saying? All the d- Pradas, though. They were really wearing Pradas. I mean, I had to with, show it uh, somewhere. Collared, with uh, Foot Locker shirts. Um, so I, I just think... You don't have to be the one to write them up. Um, that can be your form of silent protest. Um, and if you feel like you want to take this issue on, um, put it in the hands of the students and then support them through the process. Okay. You got this. You want to introduce the game? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you Go laugh ahead. at me? <laughs> I don't be ready sometimes. Um, I think um, you should introduce it, even though you just talked because you have a better understanding of it than I do. Moving on. So we wanted to play this game. It's so fun. Um, and we got it from our friends over at The Knot, who are really our friends right? in our head. I, I, like I love that like... show. <laughs> I wish they were my friends. Uh the Nod is a podcast, very popular, that talks about all things Black culture and then some. Um, and they play this really, really, really fun game that we want to play with you guys. Uh, and it is called, what is it called? Six Degrees, right? 
I think that's what the name of it is. Six Degrees of Black Separation. Yeah, something like that. And we don't have theme music, but maybe we will have some air horns. Okay. And here's how the game works. So, obviously, we're in the studio together. (laughs) So, uh, we have made a list of our favorite Black celebrities or influential people in the world. And we have... Uh, made a list of 10, okay? So Antonia will pick a number or I will pick a number and we will try to connect those Black people in as few moves as possible, okay? Um, The goal of the game is obviously not to go over six, but uh, we want to try to connect them in as few moves as possible. So we'll do two rounds of this. Because I'm sure I'm going to win. Oh, and if there's a tie, then, <laughs> then we will do a tiebreaker. Okay, okay, let's go. Okay, so you can start by uh, picking a number and celebrity. My number seven, and that is Beyonce. Wait, is it Beyonce? Okay. Oh, Lord. Actually, not Beyonce, but we'll say it's Beyonce. <laughs> The next one would have been okay. harder. Um, so yeah, number seven, Beyonce. Okay. So my number seven, you must match um, or connect my be your Beyonce to my number seven, which is Tasha Cobbs Leonard. I feel like all of this is going to be a reach. Okay. Um, I am not going to win at this. So Beyonce just. Hosted well, she didn't host, but Beyonce was just at the is it the Rock Nation brunch? Okay, so Beyonce yes. was just at the Rock Nation brunch, and um, God, who was there that would have connected to Joshua Cobbs? Um, I suck at this game. How do they play this? Beyonce was at the Rock Nation brunch, and no, I cannot do this. Yes, you can. Oh, okay. Let me give you a hint. Okay, Tasha Cobbs is gospel. So may- maybe make a connection between Beyonce and gospel music. I was going to, but like I'm like drawing blanks. Like, how do you keep up with all this pop culture stuff? Um. <laughs> no, can you like no? <laughs> I feel like I need to just take the L on this game, but I want to win, but I'm going to suck. And you've already got a connection formed in your head. I know you do. That's yeah, so I do. That's so awful. Um, I shut two up. Connections. <clears throat> maybe, maybe this is connected. Are you researching? Oh, my God. I need to, like, double check that this. (laughs) (laughs) I can confirm for you. Okay, I have a connection. Okay. This is such a reach, though. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so Beyonce was at the Rock Nation brunch. And which actually looks like something I need to figure out a way to be at. But that will never happen in my lifetime. (laughs) 
Period. So she was at that brunch, and P. Diddy was Period. also at the same brunch. And okay. P. Diddy. Pink. And this is where it gets kind of morbid. P. Diddy was married or, I don't know if he was married, or had children by Kim Porter. And at Kim Porter's okay. wedding, Faith Evans sang. And Faith Evans has also sang gospel music. And can I connect them okay. being in the same vein or would that not work? I'm sure she's met Sasha Cobbs. <laughs> I, I think it falls apart at the um, end, but it's okay. connected. If I can figure out a way to connect Faith That's Evans fine. and Tasha. We'll give you some <laughs> Elmer glue. So we got Beyonce to P. Diddy, P. Diddy to Kim Porter, R.I.P. Kim Porter to... Faith Evans, Faith yes, Evans four, to Tasha right? Cobbs. Five? Yeah, that's four. That's what I thought. Wait, no, that's four. Four moves. Okay, four moves. Okay, buddy, I would have said Beyonce literally just sung um, or she remade the Clark Sisters joint with Jay-Z. So Beyonce to the Clark sisters, uh, the Clark sisters, you know, Kiki Sheard is part of the Clark family and, uh, Kiki Sheard did a, did a, uh, did a song with Tosh Cops. Okay. Or you, you could have said, uh, Beyonce had Nicki Minaj on the flawless remix and, Nicki Minaj also was yeah, featured on Tosh Cobb's song. So. Three. Okay. Well, four moves. Okay. So my job is to beat four moves. Okay. So we'll cross out number seven. <laughs> you really try, sis. I'm really proud of you. Um, I'm going to choose number six, Cardi B. Okay, my number six is LMA. Oh, sh- okay. My bad, my bad, but she has a new song you. with Meek Mill. Have you heard it? Is it new? It may not be new. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I'm sorry, my friend. Um. Okay, Cardi B to LMA. <laughs> this is tough. Wait, Welcome Cardi to my B life. to LMA. Both. Okay. Well, they're both Grammy Connect Award singers. But. <laughs> okay. Um, Cardi B. Let me think. Oh, LMA is just such a one hit no, wonder. Not. Such a one she's like a one note wonder. Like she just sings this no, she, she sings doesn't. the same note over and over again. It really bothers me. Like really, really, really bothers me. Um Okay. I think I got it. Um so Cardi B had a beef with Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj was also on a very awful and terrible, didn't go anywhere, boot up remix. 
Was she? With LMA. You want to go and confirm? I guess you're right. Did I get that? So, okay. Cardi to Nikki. I could have done two. Nikki to LMA. Two moves. I win so that round. So, Cardi did a song with Meek. What? What would and you have And then Meek did a song with LMA. No. I told you that LMA did a song did, with Meek. Did you just tell me that? Yes, but I didn't tell you about Cardi and Meek. Okay. Patrick wins round one. Round two. Um, Your turn. My number four. This is going to be tough. No. Should I do that? I'll do my number 10. Uh, Yara Shahidi from Grownish or Blackish, whichever one you watch. Okay. Uh, my number. So you have to connect Why Yara Shahidi to, to number 10, Jay-Z. Is it? Oh, oh, okay. No, this is easy. So Yara this Shahidi is, is on the show yeah. with, and now I am blanking, the sisters. Gosh, give me their names. I'm blanking. <laughs> I always say you one of them wrong, Chloe names. and Hallie. You better I say know one their of them names. wrong. Which one did I say wrong? Oh, my God. Okay. So she's on the show with Chloe and Hallie. Yes. And Not, they neither. are- Neither. Both are correct. Also, they're on- they're under Beyonce, right? Like, is, are they officially on her label or like something with her? Okay, so they're on her label, and then Beyonce is married to Jay Z. Yes, yes. Yay! Okay, what is that? Three though. All that was right, three. you did that. So how many moves is that? Yeah, Yara to Chloe and Halle, Chloe and Halle to Beyonce, Beyonce Jay Z. Three moves. All right. <clears throat> I am going to choose. Okay, this is gonna be a little challenging, Dang. but maybe not. Number two, Michelle oh, Obama. Uh, my number two is Oprah. I can connect them like instantly. When oh darn, but it's your turn. Okay, my number two is Oprah. Michelle, um, well, Oprah endorsed. Okay, no, hold on. How are they directly connected? Oh, uh, Oprah Whatever. just interviewed Michelle Obama for her book. Want to move? Yes, come on. Patrick I actually wins. like this game. Okay, last one. Let's just do this one. My number nine is Kirk Franklin. Okay. So connect Kirk Franklin to my number nine, which is P. Diddy. Uh, Okay, let's see. Who did Kirk Franklin recently do a song with that he had no business doing a song with? I feel like that's his, that's his lane recently. <laughs> and it was like, it wasn't Nicki Minaj. No, it was someone that it was just like, Frank, Kirk, what are you doing? No, he didn't do a song with Nicki. Um, he he did a, a song with Chance the Rapper. And everybody was like, oh, my God. Um, so Kirk to Chance the Rapper? No, didn't Kirk Franklin do something with Kanye West? Oh, yeah. Um, they did That's a song together on Kanye's, one of Kanye's albums, um, Ultra Beams. Okay, who so I, I think was the name of the song. To? P. Diddy. 
<laughs> P. Diddy. Diddy and Kanye are connected, but how? Okay. Kirk Franklin to Kanye. They're connected. Oh, they were at the same brunch. Was Kanye at that brunch? I feel like everybody's at that brunch. But JC don't mess with Kanye no more, does Yeah, he don't mess with him no more. Can I Google that? I'm sure, I'm sure they've worked with the same artist. I feel like that no. same album, P. Diddy had something to do with Think it. about... I'm almost certain. Can I make that connection and we can verify it? If it's wrong. Okay. If it's so, wrong. So, Kirk Franklin to P. Diddy. Why do you keep laughing? Oh, my goodness. Okay, uh, Franklin was on the song Ultralight Beam with Kanye West, which I loved that song, even though we have canceled Kanye. Dearly departed Kanye. Um, and it's either on the same song or the same album that P. Diddy, yes, it is, that P. Diddy was on the same like piece of work. And I dare you to tell me I'm wrong. P. Diddy and Kanye West? Yes. And so that would be the connection, right? So Kirk Franklin did a song with Kanye. (laughs) And P. Diddy was either on that same song or on that same album. It might not have been the same song. Like, maybe he didn't help produce or anything. But there is a connection there. Because it's so outrageous that it has to be true. Okay. I'm going to give you a big red axe on that because (sighs) Kanye... And Diddy did not work on that same album. Once you said you were going to give me a big red X, I went searching to confirm. (laughs) Because I cannot What? No. (laughs) (laughs) This looks like a gossip site. Not christiannews.net. That definitely looks like a gossip site. But there's P. Diddy and Kirk Franklin and Kanye right there in the same photo. Look at that. They were in the studio t- together working on the album. I'll give you a question mark, and our listeners who are much more um, whatever skilled at this can yes. confirm. Okay. <laughs> All right. What what was that? Two moves. All right. Yeah, we'll do this. Uh, Again, thank you to the Na for introducing us to this game. And if you found a quicker way to uh, connect those people, please let us know uh, via Instagram or via Twitter or via email. <laughs> we would love to know how you play this game with us. And thank you um, for sticking through the uh, duh moments that we definitely had. Uh, how the, fitting. <laughs> you have a quote to end us out this week. Um, Oprah says... Only make decisions that support your self-image, oh. self-esteem, and self-worth. And I don't know. The the self-worth piece comes in for me because at the beginning of the episode, we were talking about doing what you have to do to protect you, right? Because no one else is looking out for you. So for me, if that means, you know, resigning a little later... That's the decision I'm going to have to make because that's how I'm choosing to support myself in that moment and in the future, too, as well. Um, Supporting your self-image, I I just, I don't know how to go into that one, but your self-esteem. I find find value in knowing that by, you know, covering my bases and doing what I need to do that I, I can take care of myself and I think... 
that's a huge self-esteem booster for me because for so long, like I felt like I was pretend playing adult as you like get acclimated to becoming an adult, right? But knowing that I can make the best decisions for myself show that I'm actually not pretending and that I'm mm. actually doing this and doing it semi-well. So. <laughs> oh, girl, you're doing a good job. I'm proud of you. I know. I really am. And I think when you mean by they don't have our backs, I mean, like, we're really fighting up against a system that is, like, anti-Black, that's anti-teacher. Um, and, you know, we're still trying to find and find ourselves and then stay true to who we are throughout this whole experience. So every day is a growing Every day is a day to grow and learn, and uh, we may not be perfect, but we're going to get it how we live it. You feel me? Right. And on that note, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Common Sense Podcast. Subscribe at our website at www.commonsensepod.com and receive the episode a day early. You can also subscribe to the Common Sense Podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. We love seeing your reviews um, and reading them, and it helps spread the message to other educators each time a review is posted. Yes, and we'll see you next time. 